Welcome to Mortification of Spin, Bully Pulpit, a casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. This week, Carl, Todd, and Amy don't miss the opportunity to voice their deepest regrets. They'll remind us to be more discerning and encourage us not to be afraid of damaged credibility when admitting our mistakes. And while you're listening, head over to mortificationofspin.org to download a free message by Sinclair Ferguson called Faith and Repentance. Well, thank you for joining us for Mortification of Spin Bully Pulpit. Uh, We're really glad that you stopped in to visit with us. I tell you, Carl and Amy and I have been talking just lately about regrets, things we're sorry for. Um, It's good for people to admit that they were wrong about something, to admit that they were sorry for something. I've got a whole list of things. Um, Carl and Amy, one thing I thought of was that um, I do regret attending a Promise Keepers event. Um, Carl has been so kind as to point that out in a past broadcast, so I was outed there. So maybe I ought to go with something else, because that was already something that I voiced regret for. How about this? I regret reading... um, I regret reading The Purpose Driven Life. That's like three hours I'll never get back. Yeah. <laughs> it took I you three it. hours to read The Purpose Driven Life. slow reader. I say that's, that's 25 minutes. I'll never I, was, I was reading it very contemplatively. Okay. I was grappling with the issues that were being raised. And so I'm bringing it all out here. I read the book, and I'm sorry. Amy, over to you. Well, thinking about it, it's hard. It's hard for you to think of something you're sorry for, isn't it? Amy? It's really hard for me to admit I'm, I was wrong. Yeah. But um, I think I really regret the whole big hair stage Ooh. in the late '80s, early '90s, because I think one day Carl might get a hold of one of those pictures. And I was going to say, do we have those photos? They, no, I think we no, can dig them up on Facebook, actually. <laughs> And I'm right after this. I'm going to no, get on Facebook. I don't have Facebook. any of those on Facebook. Come on, you don't have any. No. Well, we need those. We need the high, the high school prom picture. Yeah. High school prom picture. Yeah. I mean, That's I, I forget my big hair. I'm willing to say that I regret anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry for my big hair days as well. Yeah. So. yeah I'm sorry my big hair days have gone. Yeah. <laughs> I specialize in little hair now. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm sorry for my foray into popular evangelicalism. Uh, Amy's sorry for her big hair. Uh, Truman, let's hear from you. A couple of things. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that, uh, well, I, I deeply regret the day that the, the mad woman in the attic first showed up at my church. Uh, <laughs> Life was never to be quite as happy yeah. or carefree ever again for my congregation as a result of that. Mm-hmm. And I, I also regret one book puff that I did. Now, I puffed quite a number of books in the last few years. Mm-hmm. The one I regret doing was Mark Driscoll's Doctrine book. Oh! The only thing I can plead in mitigation is that I didn't really know who he was when I was asked to do it. I just read the manuscript and did a puff. It was little bits in the manuscript I disagreed with, but I thought it laid out the issues very clearly. But I do now regret the fact that my name will be forever associated in in a small way with having brought him possibly to the attention of an audience that he he may not naturally have connected with otherwise. And that's the more strictly reformed audience. Uh, If there's anybody out there who bought this book on the uh, 
the strength of my commendation. One, you have terrible lack of discernment to buy anything on the basis of my commendation. <laughs> uh, two, I am very, very sorry that you wasted your money. Um, I actually have a copy of that book, Carl. Um, after this, I'm going to go take a picture of the back of it where your commendation is, and I'm going to post it prominently on the Mortification of Spin website. Todd, I hate you. <laughs> I've been buying just, up all, I've been buying up all the copies of that book <laughs> and burning I, them in order to I'm destroy just, the evidence. I'm just trying to contribute to your sanctification. That's all, Carl. Um, this, this brings so Carl, me go to, with that. Go with that. You 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 open up a can of worms here for us that I think yeah, is helpful. Because one of the most striking things I think has been the way that the with the whole Mark Driscoll affair, the way the the young restless reformed establishment has both dramatically distance itself from him at the same time as refusing to express any regret for having promoted him in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, it seems to me quite striking in some ways that the, you know, the Driscoll saga in terms of real controversy starts with him extending the right hand of fellowship to a Trinity denying heretic right. uh, some years ago. Uh, the thing that finally blew it for him were, were allegations of bullying. We seem to have seen the, the most serious offenses, if you like, yeah. passed over. The yeah. least serious offense is the one that, that finally uh, did for him. Uh, and in the process, I have seen no regret expressed by any of the men who really helped to headline him and bring him into, for want of a better term, our world. Right. And the most dramatic of these was a few weeks ago when John Piper did this terrible video where, uh, not video, it's a recording, um, uh, when he's asked, as a result, I think the, the person said, we've had 100 emails asking if, uh, yeah. if you regret having promoted Mark Driscoll. And, and John Piper, I, I'm virtually quoting here, actually referring to himself in the third person, which is odd, yeah. says, John Piper has no regrets. Well, that's outrageous. You have mm -hmm. no regrets about promoting a man who clearly didn't have the theological or spiritual maturity to be a pastor in the church and headlining him at your conference. And you say you have no regrets? Yeah. That, to me, was breathtaking. Yeah. Absolutely breathtaking. Yeah, it was a bizarre moment. And I remember when I ran across that, I, I shot you to um, Amy and Carl, I shot you a copy of that. And, you know, Carl, you... you messaged me right back and said you ought to blog on this and so I wrote a brief piece but it it was disturbing for all the all the reasons you you mention and more and and I was taken aback by that no regret comment because I, I don't know I mean I don't I don't think a day goes by in my life that there's not something I regret yeah. um yeah. and and particularly connected to promoting a man who's done measurable harm uh, to a lot of people in the church and sown confusion. I mean, I, yeah. it's, it's not my goal here to pick on Driscoll. I mean, but we, we need to learn a lesson from this. And I fear when a very prominent and listen, n nothing against John Piper. We were talking before we went on air here. We love John Piper. We appreciate John Piper. Um, but that was an opportunity lost um, to just simply say, you know what? I should have had more discernment. 
this yeah. was wrong. Yeah. Um, it was wrong for me to promote a man that clearly, when all the warning signs were coming on, I should have listened to some of those yeah. warnings. And uh, to ignore them was wrong, and it hurt some people. Uh, you know, we've all been there. We've all made errors. We've all made mistakes and had to say, I'm sorry. This could, be, this could have been an opportunity to say, let the rest of my colleagues be aware of this. Let's be more discerning in the future. But it was lost. Yeah, I would say embracing a Unitarian right. as a Christian brother, that's not a flaw. That's exactly. not a flaw. That's a sin. That's a welcoming of a false teacher. And right. Paul has pretty strong things to say about that. Exactly. Pretty strong things to say about those who open their homes, open their spiritual homes right. to uh, false teachers. And, you know, another striking thing about the video, maybe Amy could comment on this, not the video, it's a recording. I keep calling it video for some reason, I guess, because I listened to it on my computer. Um, another striking thing about it was that it was all about John Piper's affection for Mark Driscoll, which is no doubt genuine, and nothing about the havoc that has been wreaked on the lives of people who gave their money, mm-hmm put their misguided trust in this man who now find themselves trying to put together the pieces of their spiritual lives, having realized that the man that they trusted and invested so much in had feet of clay. Right. Right. There's just so many um, people coming forward saying how hurt they have been by Mark Driscoll, by his um, treatment to them. And then you think of all the people who were hurt by um, some of his false teaching and then you just think of the whole church now that is falling apart, and none of that was mentioned in the recording. That really bothered me. And I thought about like the strong tie and um, you know, wanting to be faithful to your friend. I think that's one thing that Piper mm-hmm. was, you know, highlighting. But I don't think that that's even a true faithfulness to Driscoll to um, continue to acknowledge all the positive things about him without um, highlighting this very damaging actions and teaching, it made me think of like David and Nathan. Where are the Nathans now mm-hmm. that say, um, you are the man? Yeah. yeah, David and Adonijah, David never asked him, why do you behave the way you do? That text at the start of, uh, of Kings that really is a condemnation of David that David's supposed to have loved his son, but he didn't mm-hmm. really love him because he never called him out on bad stuff. And mm-hmm. if you're not, yeah. well, I, I think it goes to a structural problem in the whole Young, Restless and Reform thing, and that is that the guys at the top decided who was going to be allowed to make criticisms, who mm-hmm. they were going to listen to, and who they were going to ignore. And you end up, when you, when you decide that right at the start, you end up with a terribly, terribly potentially corrupt system whereby everybody's always got to be on message. And right. the truth is so rarely actually spoken into these guys' lives. Right, right. And, and I, I think this also speaks to <clears throat> what I believe we're going to see, which is, um, I, I think we can probably say that the whole Young, Restless, and Reform movement as a movement is dead or dying. Um, Mark Driscoll had a lot of weight in carrying that movement. He was... He was probably the central face of that movement. And I think what we're seeing is is the fact that because it was detached basically from any sound ecclesiology, when when the public face of it goes down, the movement itself um, mm. fails. And we're yeah. seeing that with Mars Hill. Mere yeah. weeks 
after Driscoll mm-hmm. resigned, the whole thing is imploding. And, and this goes to uh, the heart of the problem there is that a church cannot be built on the personality of a man no. um, because he's going to fail or he's going to die or he's going to leave. And if the church is balanced on him, uh, then a lot of people are going to be hurt in the process. And at the very least, I, I, I wish John Piper would have said, you know, in retrospect, as I look at this, I tried to be his friend. And, and he does acknowledge mm-hmm. that he doesn't think he was as good a friend as he could have been. And it seems to me what he was saying there is, I didn't confront him the way I should have confronted him. Mm. But, but then there were a lot of internal consistencies with his statement and what he said. While, while saying, listen, he completely gets it wrong with Song of Solomon. His exegesis is terrible. He's still a great teacher. Um, yeah. Well, I, I don't understand that exactly. I wonder too, like, you know, sometimes when I'm afraid to admit that I'm wrong to my children, it's because I'm afraid that my credibility is going to be damaged with them and my authority as well. Mm-hmm. And my husband is so much better than me at that. And so I see when he quickly will admit when he's wrong and he'll ask for forgiveness if he needs to with the kids. And it actually, their respect for him grows. And then I learned from that. And I, I just think he shows such good leadership in doing that. Yeah. And so, you know, I wonder if that was part of the motivation, um, you know, within the whole movement here is not pointing out what's wrong or admitting yeah. a regret is that you're afraid that your credibility will be damaged because yeah. of the bad discernment. Yeah. What do you think yeah. about that? I think it's true. I think it's true. And it's sad because there's nothing to lose in saying, right. you know what, we were wrong. We showed poor discernment on this, mm-hmm. um, things that were important to us shouldn't have been important to us, things that were driving us on this kind of distracted us from the problems that were clearly present. We are sorry for promoting this man. We mm-hmm. goofed up. We're going to try really hard not to make that mistake again. There's nothing to lose in issuing a statement like that, and it could be helpful. No, I chose a leadership with discernment and a leadership yeah. that's willing to take hard decisions and take responsibility when, when it's gone off, off the rails slightly. I think mm-hmm. my respect for the leaders of the Young Restless and Reform Movement would, would be much greater than it is if they had just once in all of the crises that have, have engulfed the movement over the last two or three years, just once they'd expressed some regret, just once they'd taken some responsibility for these disasters. But in actual fact, what we get time and time again is the spin machine in mm-hmm. operation trying to, to get everybody off the hook and then turning around and saying, why didn't anybody tell us? Well, people did tell you, right. but not people that you cared to listen to, not right. people that you regarded as counting. John MacArthur. John MacArthur said it, but no, John MacArthur, they decided on. He's an embarrassing fundamentalist. We don't want him as part of the inner circle right. shaping things. He belongs to the past. The future belongs to us. Right. Mm. Sad yeah, exactly. to say it, good men get sucked up in this stuff. Yep. Yep. It's a, it's a and, warning and to us all. A warning exactly. to us all. Really and Carl, is. I think that's a key point is that it's a warning for us because we saw good, decent, godly men who've been a blessing to the church make some really bad decisions here and we're all susceptible to that and god help us all to be discerning and there's just so many people affected by this you know Mm. not just the the upper men or the elitism or the movement 
but you know, real people. Entire yeah. churches. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is forgotten when it's it's the top men just talking to the top men. They forget that, you know, ordinary people actually mm-hmm. get bruised and damaged by decisions they make. But yeah. so many of these top guys are sheltered from ordinary people by layers and layers of church bureaucracy. Right. They just they they're just unaware of it. They're unaware of it. So well, thank you for joining us for this bully pulpit. We have once again put the world to rights, and if everybody out there simply listens to us and does exactly what we say, <laughs> uh, we should be able to avoid all of these problems in the future. We look forward to being with you next time. Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, Bully Pulpit, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. The Alliance is a coalition of pastors, scholars, and churchmen who hold the historical creeds and confessions of the Reformed faith and who proclaim biblical doctrine in order to foster a Reformed awakening in today's church. Don't forget to visit our website, mortificationofspin.org, to find a free download of Faith and Repentance by Sinclair Ferguson and to check out our blog. If you want more Mortification of Spin, you can find our entire podcast archive on the podcast tab of our website, going back to episode one on February 8, 2013. But don't forget to come back next week and join Carl, Todd, and Amy at The Tripping Blade in London, where they'll catch up with friend and fellow pastor Paul Levy. The topics will range from the state of the evangelical church in London to Carl in a cowboy costume. You won't want to miss it. We'll talk with you then. He's good on apologetics. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, my um, word. Are you sorry? What? You're smoking in your house. Yeah. You act like you do that all the time. <laughs> I do all kinds of things in my house. You got to save the librarians back. He doesn't let me in his house. That's the only thing that's banned. He can smoke. <laughs> Karen lets him smoke, but she won't let him have Truman past the front door. Carl just went to the restroom in his Even house. When- even when he's drinking. Actually, I had to go outside. My wife won't let me use the restroom in the house. I just stood on the deck, made sure there's no neighbors around. And, uh, so. What do you mean? You're smoking a pipe in your house? Well, of course. What, your wife lets you do that? Is this being recorded, by I, the way? Hey, hey, hey. This could be Alicia? great stuff for the end of one of the episodes. I, I, am, I am the HOH here, sister. You know what that stands for? Head of household, baby. Yeah. And if you don't agree with that, we're going to get into some OTK. And and besides, my wife isn't home right now. Just remember, happy wife, happy life. (laughs) The motto to live by. You don't have smoke alarms in the house then, Todd? Of course I do. This is just a pipe, though. They don't set a smoke alarm off. Fried eggs set off smoke alarms in my house. How do you fry an egg? We don't, because it sets off the smoke alarms. (laughs) I have never set a smoke alarm off.